The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. This episode contains foul language and brief mentions of murder and statutory rape. podcast for all things strange and unusual, hairy and haunted, spacey and supernatural, and all around crazy. Each week we get to sit down and chat about something weird. And this week, we're looking for ghosts in all the wrong places. When you hear about haunted places, you usually hear about prisons, hotels, hospitals, abandoned buildings, sometimes even something wacky like a boat. But what happens when a haunting takes place in a skyscraper, or a mall, or an office, or even a 7-Eleven? This week we are examining haunted places that shouldn't be haunted? We're taking a look at different cultures' beliefs, trying to find out if you can build a haunted house, and asking why are liminal spaces so darn creepy? It's time to uncover those old bones and call a priest. My name is Ashley, and this is my co-host Lauren. Hello, weirdos. Life has changed. (laughs) Life has changed a lot. Life has changed. I have to talk about this because it's kind of crazy because I was... So, guys, here's the thing. So, this season, a lot of times we're going to be recording long before the episode is released. For example, we are recording this episode before Friday, March 18th's episode is even out. Yes. Way ahead <laughs> So... It's going to lead to a couple conversations that are, like, not matching up with the time. Sure. But, so, in the first episode of the season, last Friday's episode, which was March, you know what? You figure it out. In the first episode of the season. (laughs) I don't even know what today is, so that's fine. (laughs) The button that I put on the end of the episode was the sound of me talking to my new kitten. Because she was screaming and it was adorable. But... (laughs) I never mentioned to anyone I had a kitten because when we recorded that episode, I didn't have a kitten. That's right. I didn't even think about that. I'm like, well, everyone knows. I don't know. No one knows. Who's this cat? I have a new kitten. Her name is Frankenstein. We call her Frankie for short. She is a terror and we love her very much. Now She's the worst and the best all in one. All in one. Just like every child. Yep. Something else that's crazy, so I was editing this week's episode, the one that's releasing on March 18th, Friday, March 18th. Oh, God. What did we say? (laughs) Well, no, no, no. This is good. It's kind of weird. So at the end of the episode, 
the last lines of the show, I was basically like, we don't even know where you are right now because it's so far in the future. We hope you're well. We hope, uh, I hope I have a job. I hope I'm employed. Literally, my first day of work is going to be the day that episode is released. Dude, I did not even think about that. Did we manifest this into existence? We did. Just the fact that your first day is going to be when the episode releases, because, I mean, believe you me, I did recall that our last conversation was about you getting a job, and when you texted me, you had a job, like, literally end of that day, or like a day later Yeah, I found out like an hour after we recorded, yeah. Yeah, which, so that already, I was like, yes, this was meant to be, but I did not even put together that your nope. first day of work is going to be when the episode comes out, and that feels so special. I so like wild. that. And I thought Ashley, maybe, so cool. uh, you know, on the episodes where we don't have guests, maybe for a while, we should try manifesting some stuff. I know. Jeez Louise. I'm going to try it this time. <laughs> because Please. the thing is, maybe if we all work on it, like you and I say the manifestation and all of our listeners are like, yeah, bring this into the world. We could we could change the world. We can bring some things about. So also this is a this is a call to action to call all to of action. our listeners that as we are manifesting and you hear our voices, <laughs> if you could help us out. Yeah, send us suggestions well. of things you want manifested into the world and we'll see what our newborn powers can do. Seriously. This feels... may have been a one off. We might be onto something. <laughs> I'm really hoping we're onto something. I also need a job, so let's just say at the end of this episode we're okay. gonna <laughs> we're gonna do some things. We're gonna talk about we're it. We're gonna manifest that. Also, before we get into it, I wanted to plug the podcast Movies That Made Us Gay. Yes. Because I went on their show for the fifth time this week. Yes, five. Which ruled. um, I got to talk about one of my all-time favorite movies, To Die For. (gasps) You didn't even tell me what movie it was. I was wondering, but yes. Have you seen it? it. You've seen it, Yes, of course. It's so good. It was kind of my introduction to true crime because it was a movie that is based on a true story that, you know, I I think as far as I can recall was the first movie I watched and then read about the true, true crime story afterwards. And and honestly, I mean, look where I am today. So I can credit to die for for a big part of my personality. That's very cool. I like that. Also, we just love that podcast. So, like, it's a general yes. plug, but yes, so excited that you're going back on because we'd love to hear you on that show. Their show and those boys are just so Ugh. great. Um, they are. And they have such amazing and hilarious insights into the movies that they talk about. They and obviously, do. they have really good guests on their show because Lauren and I have been on several times. So, I know. I can't believe you're up to five. I think I'm at three, but five yeah. is very impressive. Technically, you know, four, and then one was me oh, and you was keep it right. weird. Came on. I yeah. forgot about that. Yes, yes, yes. But also, my one bone to pick with them, and it's only because I am extremely jealous, is that they did the movie Thirteen Ooh, recently. They did um, with somebody who wasn't me. Which this is again, it's not really their fault because they didn't even know that. Like I had seen this movie. I've never expressed that, but that movie was watched by me a 12 year old so many times that I think I could recite every line of that movie so when I saw they released that episode I was like how dare you pick anyone who isn't me to talk about this film but it's fine it's actually a really good episode and you should go listen to it they covered it so well but gosh I love that movie and I was happy they brought it into the light their quote about it 
13 walked so euphoria could run yeah 13 walked so euphoria could run cracked me up i have the movie 13 on dvd and i haven't seen it since i was like 15 i think i'm gonna rewatch it soon Oh my god, you should. Because I, I rewatched it because I saw they were putting the episode out and I so agreed with something I think that Scotty said where it was like, I found myself rooting for the parents this time around. And it was so funny because yeah, watching be it as a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, like the parents are so hard on them. Let them be free and get their piercings. And, and now I watched it and was truly like, these heathens, what are they doing? <laughs> it was really funny. That is a crazy thing. I mean, I talked about that on uh, the episode of Movies That Made Us Gay that I was just on, actually. By the way, like, go check out, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, check out Movies That Made Us Gay. They rule. But I was talking about how specifically rewatching things or revisiting things as an adult, because that case, the To Die For movie, was based on a case... Uh, the case of Pamela Smart, who <clears throat> was a 22-year-old who ended up sleeping with a 16-year-old high school student and uh, did or did not, we don't really know exactly what happened, convince the high school student to kill her husband. And <clears throat> as I'm also uh, watching American Crime Story Impeachment for the first time, because uh, it just got added to Hulu, shout out to Impeachment, and... Yes. I haven't really thought about the Monica Lewinsky case in depth for a long time. Um, It's just, you know, obviously I know about it. It's brought up all the time, but I haven't thought about it. When I was a kid, when I was, you know, uh, when it happened, Monica Lewinsky was a full-ass adult. Pamela Smart was a full-grown adult. And now as an adult, I'm watching and I'm like, these are early 20 like 22 and 23 year old girls they are couldn't understand that it completely changes the case the cases for me yep i agree completely it's wild just we texted about this the other day it was like that is the biggest thing i've taken away from watching impeachment is like oh monica Lewinsky was a child like thinking about what we were like at that age you're just like oh no 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 this is not okay I thought this woman was like 40 years old because I just had no grasp of it as a kid everybody was just old they were all old people to me and now it's like no you were a whole ass child she was a little girl you had so much growing to do and now I'm disgusted in several ways so yeah, yeah it changes things Anyway, so revisit old things that you have <laughs> yeah. opinions about, and your opinion will probably change, I guess. There is it one is. Of the- yep. Um, let's get into it. I don't even know what you're covering for your little mini segment. Oh, yeah. I didn't even say. We're both, like, surprising each Honestly, other Honestly, maybe we both covered <laughs> the exact same thing. This no. is going to be a trip. <laughs> no, we definitely did not, because I actually kind of used a suggestion that you made to me. Um, you sent me an article. From Central Illinois Proud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I decided to slip it into this episode because it's pretty short and sweet. So I want to open awesome. with it. I have a little hometown haunt, y'all. Yay, hometown haunts. We <laughs> hometown need a hometown haunt. haunt theme song. And you're the singer in this relationship, so I need you to get on that. Hometown. No, I'll write it later. It's not yep. the time. I was about to do it for you. Okay. <laughs> not all <laughs> of us are Amy Hanselman. <laughs> I was just about to say, don't even let me pretend to be Amy writing a song. I'm going to write it separately. Okay. <clears throat> 
Yeah, I wanted my little shorter tidbit today to be a hometown haunt. Ashley sent me an article when we were preparing to do this episode and was like, I didn't read it, but it's about your hometown. Just look at it. It ended up being like super short. It's a cool story, but I was like, oh, it's really not enough meat for the episode. But as the creeper I am, I did a deep dive onto some Facebook posts and I made it into a little story. So love it. Um, As we talk about weird, random places that are haunted, I found, Ashley found, a little used bookstore called The Book Rack in Peoria, Illinois. So that is where we are headed today, Central Illinois. Um, So yeah, as I said, Ashley sent me this article and it was pretty short, but I went to The Book Rack's uh, Facebook and just started digging, went all the way back to early 2021, and I saw that the owner named Stacy Hardin... Um, wrote, like, before this article, before, you know, all the sensationalized news stories came out where everyone was like, the the book rack is haunted. She just posted on Facebook totally raw, like, hey, this isn't my usual post. I'm usually just posting flyers and telling you to come into the bookstore, but I need to share about this haunting that I experienced. And I was like, this is what I'm looking for. So I'm going to read Stacey Harden, the owner of the book rack in Peoria, Illinois' Facebook post that she put on her business's Facebook page. So now this is also kind of turning into a little bit of a listener ghost story, if you will. <laughs> so here we go. Just like combining all the themes of our show. All of our segments. <clears throat> and she took over the store in 2016. It was a bookstore before that. But okay, so she wrote, Hi, I'm going to share something that I have pretty much kept to myself since I took the store over in late 2016. I am pretty sure this store is haunted. I've had some strange experiences over the years, and I never wanted to say anything because I didn't want y'all to think I was crazy. But I figure at this point, most of you have come to know me pretty well and probably already think I'm crazy, lol, so why not? Already love her. Um, She says, I will be here alone, and books are constantly being moved on the shelves. What do I mean by that? Well, you know how our shelves are set up. When people are in the back of the store, I can hear them moving books around on the shelves when they are trying to pull out books or they're wanting to put them back because they hit the wall and the wall hits the back room that I'm sitting in. It is a very distinctive sound. The alarming part is when I constantly hear that book moving sound and I know that I'm completely alone in the store. I will even go back and check to see if someone is here that I forgot about and nope. There is nobody there. The books are moving around on the shelves constantly. My husband actually says he hears this as well when he's in the store alone. I literally just heard it again this morning, which prompted me to write this post and go ahead and tell you all what's happening. Another story was the other night I was here alone and I was vacuuming the floors. So I know that the aisles were all completely clear because I had just vacuumed them. I grabbed some books to put away and I was walking past one of the aisles when I stopped dead cold in my tracks. Down one of the aisles I had just vacuumed, there was a stack of books in the middle of the aisle just sitting there perfectly. No, this is like the first scene of Ghostbusters. Yes, I hate it. So that is exactly what I was imagining. (laughs) I seriously was. I was like, it's the library. Um, The books were sitting there perfectly. Not one book was out of place. Just a perfectly lined up stack of about eight to ten books. And I thought, what the heck? And there have been so many strange things just like that. It's creepy, right? Well, you would think so, but I never feel unsafe or anything like that. I wonder if it's the original owner just stopping by. 
The store was started around 1975, and it is the oldest used bookstore in the area that is still operating today. So maybe she just misses it. It could even be my brother-in-law because he passed pretty young in 2015, a year before I got this place. He loved books, and we talked about him all the time, but he is just stopping by to say hello. I could see that. Now, if I could just get him or her to do the vacuuming, <laughs> it would be the perfect ghost, dot, dot, dot. And that's the end of her post. So first of all, she sounds adorable. And also doing the deep dive through her Facebook posts, I found that like she loves the paranormal and ghosts. So I can see why this isn't like super freaking her out other than she for a while was like, am I going insane? <laughs> why am I hearing things? But she has the right attitude about it. I feel like ghosts are a lot like having cats where it's like, you know, what would make this perfect if you could do chores? If you would just help out a little bit, pitch you in around live the house. here rent free. <laughs> and you're just moving shit around. And you're just yes. clanging shit around, move it, stack it. Who's going to put the books back? Me. Exactly. I'm going to put the I'm books gonna- back. It's like, hey, you made this beautiful, perfect stack of Thank this eight to so ten much. books. Looks really nice, but now I'm gonna have to put these all back on the shelf, and they're probably not categorized correctly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she has a good attitude about it, which I love. But definitely, like especially for Peoria, which like you find very few stories of hauntings. I know we found a few over the years, but mm-hmm. I was like, this is really cool, and like I can't wait to stop by this bookstore now. But also very fun like another shout out because especially now that ashley is in illinois it's even more fun to shout it out central illinois proud a ghost hunting team saw her post that's kind of how all of this came to life and why it's in newspaper articles now there is this crew called the host ghost crew central illinois ghost hunting team saw the post came in and a guy named nathan sandoval is who leads them off which i also hadn't heard the name sandoval besides vanderpump rules so i was like let's go <laughs> uh, God. Nathan, nathan sandoval um was leading the team and he claimed after their investigation they did like a few day investigation going there really late at night as you do Uh, He said there is definitely more than one spirit there. He claims there are a lot of children's spirits here in the bookstore. And it also seems that there is an old lady who just kind of likes to walk around in the hall. And then there's a super grumpy old man who doesn't really enjoy visitors. So he might be the one that's just like being annoying and moving books around and going bump in the night. Um. Sandoval said that the children are very active and they make up six of the eight spirits that he contacted in the store. So it's busy up in here. And he was quoted in the Peoria Journal Star saying, the children really like to play games, tug on your shirt, play hide and seek and make little noises all throughout the day and night. That is why we came here. We just really wanted to interact with them. Which is very sweet. So him and his team came in, used a variety of equipment paired with smartphone apps and, you know, all of the tools that Ashley and I like to use, which even just reading the story, I was like, gosh, I miss ghost investigations. So they came in, they did a really good investigation, found a lot of spirits. It sounds like most of them are friendly besides the grump. And I now think Ashley and I need to go investigate this place now that that is actually a reality because you live there and I will visit there. So I we're going to have to go. I wonder if, because it's a used bookstore, right? It is. Yeah. It's all. I wonder if the books. spirits are attached to the books. That's what 
And I'm even going to talk about that, I think, a little bit in part two with one of the plays I'm talking about. But yes, I do think they were probably brought in on some of them used books because that was the other side of it is I was sort of sad that that article was so short because I'm like, tell me the history of the building. But all you can really get is that it's only been a bookstore for years and years taken over by new ownership. So I don't think it's the building think it's the books but i'm glad that they're friendly stacy harden again the owner has a good good attitude about it but i think ashley and i will have to pay it a visit over the next couple of years i think so even if you know we don't investigate there i love li- i love used books i love I used bookstores <laughs> the smell alone of yeah. used books oh just like the old book smell i love so yeah we'll have to go Something that I randomly found out while researching for um, this series was, uh, this blew my mind. I cannot wait to check this out. The university here, Champaign houses the University of Illinois, as well as Parkland College, but University of Illinois is the big one. And they have the largest occult and parapsychology collection in the country. Stop. It's the Merton, Merton J. Mandeville Collection in Parapsychology and the Occult Sciences of approximately 16,000 volumes. Okay. Okay. Well, you know how we were talking about signs of where, like, you moved where you Ending were supposed to be? supposed to be? <laughs> Things just I keep working like out, and it's so weird. Sign. But I'm meant to be in Champagne Girl. Uh, The primary subject areas for which materials are purchased are astrology, the divination arts, palmistry, esoteric religion, mysticism, occult techniques for health, happiness, and success. Oops, I closed the thing. Um, (laughs) uh, Physical phenomena and research, including clairvoyance, ESP, and out of body experiences, spiritualism, including apparitions, mediumship, and reincarnation unidentified flying objects witchcraft and magic okay well there are even unbound issues of more than 20 journals located in the social sciences health and education library i can't i just i can't i can't with this information i am so excited to go check it out I know a lot of it is just, uh, it's not like a collection like, this is our cult room. It's on right. shelves, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you'd have to, you know, main library. do a lot of exploring yeah. and walking around to find it, but still. But the library here, much. the university library is also a public library, so I can just go in and, you know, get a library card or whatever and uh, fucking spend my life there. Seriously. I mean, that's honestly the coolest part is that you're so close to U of I because a university library is always incredible. Like, I remember thinking that about ISU when I was there. It's just like the library was insane. College libraries do it right. never went to my college library. (laughs) Ashley, are you even Ashley Cassidy as I know you? Because that sounds incorrect. I, like, knew where it was. (laughs) And I never. I, why was I at my school's library? This know. is backwards. Why were you? You not? were the party girl. I was a fucking nerd, and I, I never went to the library. I was partying and studying in the library. I guess I don't know why that sounds false about you. Well, I here's the thing. I think it. you know. I did all of my electives in junior college, so okay. studying. 
I mean, I did a lot of like performance based classes well, that's or, true. you, you know theater. what I mean? I was in theater. I yeah. was in communication. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I did a lot of speech stuff. It, it wasn't right. library heavy. It wasn't research heavy at all. That is totally fair. So, and I was studying at the time to be a teacher in education. And so I had to do all of these like sociology, psychology, oh, yeah. how to educate little children type books. But <laughs> how to anyway. educate little children. <laughs> the little children. Okay. Hello, everyone. We'd love to introduce you to the paranormal podcast Ghoul's Trip. We are a podcast duo run by two female ghost hunters, Ivy and Hannah. We love to research, investigate at, and sometimes debunk your favorite haunting tales. We also dive into the land of cryptids and legends and lore from far away. Right now, you can find episodes covering topics such as the famously haunted Sally House, the infamous West Virginia Penitentiary, Bigfoot, the Salem Witch Trials, and so much more. You can find us on most podcast platforms and Instagram at Ghoulstrip Podcast or Twitter at Ghoulstrip Pod. We hope you'll join us on our Ghoulstrip. All right. Um, I. <laughs> this was supposed to be my mini story of the week, but I ended up getting totally sucked in and I wanted to talk about this study that was done that yielded some pretty interesting results. And it's called The Haunt Project. Okay. I'm scared. Don't be scared. Okay. Um, I'm scared and excited. <laughs> the experiment was done and submitted by, uh, or sorry, submitted in 2006 by researchers at London's Goldsmith College alongside an architect named Usman Haq, who designed a scientifically haunted room. Wow. The findings what? were published in 2008 by a Netherlands-based publisher called El Savior. Anyway, yeah. They designed a haunted room, and the way they did this was by manipulating electromagnetic fields and infrasound in certain parts of the room to test whether it's possible to artificially induce paranormal experiences. Um, and when they did this, obviously, they were inspired by many other earlier studies wherein test subjects reported paranormal experiences when they were being exposed to EMF and infrasound. And um, this isn't a new idea. You know, it's not just been done in labs. Strange EMF fields have been recorded at supposedly haunted, you know, castles. Um, and as we know from earlier seasons of Ghost Hunters, when they actually did ghost hunting, hot take, <laughs> houses with bad uh -huh. wiring can cause strange spots of EMF that occasionally are pinned as the reason why the occupants are feeling all these funny feelings. Yes. And if you listen to our earlier, our, um, our, you know, ghost hunting episodes, our paranormal investigations, you'll hear us using the EMF reader quite a bit and having to perform various tests when we do get a reading, when our EMF reader does go off, we have to figure out like, okay, did we walk past uh, a hidden power box? Yeah, I was going to say, I felt like we were always so realistic about that. Is we, yeah. as soon as we heard it, it wasn't like, oh, definitely a ghost, get excited. It was yeah. like, okay, look right. around, Figure what are we seeing here? And, and a lot of the time, there was a power box <laughs> nearby, and it's fine. There was one time, though, at the Biltmore where there was nothing around, oh, and girl. that thing kept going off, and we could not figure out what was setting it off. And going off a lot. Mm -hmm. And wasn't that when we ended up hearing the little girl singing? 
Yes, in, in one Maybe. instance, but then there was yes. another time where we were specifically walking around talking, trying to communicate with Elizabeth Short. Yes, you're and right. um, I don't even know if it made it into the episode. I'm pretty sure it had to have. Uh, we didn't get yeah, anything, any EVPs or anything, but yeah, it was just wild that the the EMF reader yes. just would not stop going off. For sure. So, why <laughs> didn't I just like shoved? I shoved cheese nuts and raisins down my throat, and you did what? Chips? Yeah, it's gonna yeah, be they're a called popcorner episode. chips. If you guys haven't had them, like big sell, they're the best thing I've ever had. I'm gonna get it together at some point during this story. <laughs> when it comes to infrasound, there was actually another experiment where scientists discovered its abilities. This story is crazy. So. In 1998, Vic Tandy, who was an experimental officer and part-time lecturer at the School of International Studies and Law at Coventry University in England, teamed up with Dr. Tony Lawrence in the psychology department to write a paper called Ghosts in the Machine for the Journal of the Society for Cyclical Research. Sorry, Psychical Research. Not cyclical (laughs) research. That's a different thing. All right, all right. (laughs) In that paper, they talked about a haunted lab that Tandy had worked in on campus. Um, I guess several years prior, Tandy was working late in this haunted lab where so many students and instructors had had experiences when he saw a gray thing coming at him. Oh, He said he felt the hairs on the back of his neck and his heart. Oh, sorry. He felt the hairs rise on the back of his neck and his heart seemed to stop beating he said it was between him and the door so the only thing he could do was turn and face it and when he did the thing disappeared Mm. however Mm -hmm. the next day it reappeared in a different form and scared the pants off of him again rude rude different form what is this trickery so at the time he was doing some work on his fencing foil, which I definitely had to look up. I had no idea those fencing yeah. sword things what? were called foils. But <laughs> They're called foils. Here we are. Foil. Yeah. The little thing, like when people are wearing like the mesh. The beekeeper mask, mask and yeah. the, the white <laughs> yeah. clothes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And their little like pointy sword things. They're called, called foils. foils. So okay. I literally was like day. I was picturing, I don't know, something that you would use in a lab, not yeah, (laughs) yes, fencing the sport foil. Anyways, nope. So, uh, at the time, he was doing some work on his fencing foil, and he said the handle was clamped in a vise on a workbench, but the blade, which was free, started vibrating like crazy. And he started moving his foil to different parts of the room, and he was fascinated by the fact that it would vibrate in certain areas, but not in others. Mm. Now, this is wild. After about an hour of experimenting, he found that infrasound was coming from an extractor fan in the room. And he said, when we finally switched it off, it was as if a huge weight was lifted in the room. Like it just felt different? It felt completely different. It didn't feel oppressive. It didn't feel creepy anymore. And he said that it made me think that one of the applications of this ongoing research could be a link between infrasound and sick building syndrome, which is another thing I had to look up. Yeah. Excuse me. You are educating (laughs) me so much. 
sorry that this has so many vocabulary words, but I'm into it. Sick building syndrome is situations in which building occupants experience acute health and comfort effects that appear to be linked to time spent in the building, but no specific illness or cause can be identified, which of course made me think of the Havana syndrome currently being experienced by U.S. government officials and military personnel, too. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, which they've just come out and said, like, oh, you know, because at first they thought that maybe another country, it happened in Havana, so they thought maybe, like, the Cuban government was trying to... Trying out some sort of weapon, like sound yeah, weapon. which was making everybody feel which sick. Which was and... making everyone sick, but they just came out and said, like, no, there's been no foreign influences. So maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's something in the building that they work in that is just right. causing this stuff. So anyways, when this guy Tandy measured the infrasound within that lab, it read at 18.98 hertz which is the exact frequency at which a human eyeball starts to resonate. So literally the sound waves were making his eyeballs vibrate and it produced an optical illusion. Eesh. Can you imagine? What does that feel like? What? Well, I, I don't think... Is that it, why he was seeing? Yeah. That's why the optical oh. illusion was the gray that's, thing. It wasn't that, That's there. just so bizarre. It was just so that this infrasound was vibrating his eyeballs... And making him see things. But he wasn't like feeling a vibration in his eyes. No, it was just, no, he, you don't okay, feel it. That's I don't so, think. Okay. That's okay. That's even more fascinating. All right. But man, oh man. Yeah. What? I also wanted to remind everyone, uh, infrasound is literally just like very low vibrational sound waves. And it can be produced by wind, sometimes earthquakes, ocean waves, avalanches, volcanoes, and meteors. Some animals, like elephants and tigers, can emit the sound as well. And, of course, horror movies use the sound in their sound design to help scare the shit out of you. And it's also a theory of what could have happened to the climbers on Dietlove Pass to make Mm -hmm. them seem to behave so erratically. That's right. It's probably my favorite theory. Which is crazy. It's nuts. It's nuts. Okay, so sorry. I had to cover that because it blew my mind. So back to the deliberately haunted room in England. That is, it's all wild so far, but yes, continue. (laughs) The head of the psychology research unit and the editor of Skeptic Magazine is the one that built the room. It was a white wood frame canvas tent Nine feet in diameter, located in the front room of a house in London. And it was entirely featureless. It was sort of dimly lit. It was cool. And by cool, I don't mean like tight. I mean like it was, the temperature was was cool. Okay. It had hidden speakers that were strategically positioned to cast infrasound waves and electromagnetic frequency to parts of the room. And each field range was focused in a different part of the room. Some areas of the room were totally frequency field free. So there were some parts of the room where you should not be influenced by anything at all. Okay. The idea being that if hauntings indeed had a wavelength, people would report unusual experiences in the target areas. That was what they thought was going to happen. So 79 students, friends, and volunteers entered the room, and after spending less than an hour in the room, almost three 
forced reported having more than three unusual feelings. Only 6% of the entire test subjects reported feeling nothing at all. Wow. Okay. Common sensations recorded were dizziness, tingling, cold, strange thoughts popping into their heads. What? And even some people sensing a presence. And several of them noted that they felt sexually aroused, but they might have been creeps. Who knows? Like, I, no one, <laughs> <laughs> they have not come up with a... There's really uh, not anything pointing to no, this. No, they have not figured that one out yet. Wait, did they have to go in alone? Because I was like, if they were going in as a group, maybe somebody in the group <laughs> maybe was Maybe someone rubbed, him, rubbed on him. <laughs> I, no, I think they went in by themselves. Okay. <laughs> I just had to see. But here's the thing. The sensations had nothing to do with where they were standing in the room. Oh. In fact, when the team crunched the numbers, the only statistically significant association appeared in subjects who scored highly on a test of psychological predisposition, which essentially, to break that down in, in dumb talk, <laughs> layman's term. it showed that people tend to think about what they're told to do. So, for example, if you're asked to track strange feelings, you start noticing strange feelings more. Sure. But other opinions were offered as well. French himself said that it might be that certain people are wired up a particular way and in the right environment, they actually are seeing something that's objectively there, but others don't have the ability to see, which is something we talk about quite often on the show. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing with this experiment. It would be an awesome experiment to repeat. I think the biggest problem with this scientific experiment is that you have to tell people what you were doing to them before you do it because of right. ethical requirements. Sure. <laughs> I know that, but makes that me influences sound their thoughts it does. so much. Yeah. It would influence me. I can't even lie. It's like I would be like trying to find something and I would leave and be like, oh, well, all of this happened. And I have no idea if that's actually true. I think my my mind would be convincing me that something was happening. Yeah. Before these people went in, they had to be told of the possible EMF and infrasound exposure, and they also had to be told they might experience mildly unusual sensations. So it's like, of course, yeah. of course they were influenced. That's the problem with a lot of test subjects. Yeah. Because I get it. I get that ethically, you have to tell your test subjects, especially if they're humans, what... <laughs> The study is what is going to happen to them and what, you know, I think about like drug testing. Like, oh, yeah. you can't just give someone a pill and be like, tell me what happens. You have to tell them what the pill is for, what right. the side effects are, et cetera, et cetera. And it just like, I, I don't know how we test fucking anything. I was just to about honest. to say, so then what is the solution? Because I'm like, I need answers, but I don't want to lie to people yeah. either. So I don't know, because I, I do want someone to go in blind to this room and see what happens. Yeah, it makes me think that that maybe, man, I hate to say this, but like maybe a lot of the, a lot of the great experiments in the paranormal realm are done by amateurs. Right. They're not done by universities, scholars, blah, 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 people. Is it you done know. by the people who say, I don't have ethics? <laughs> yeah. I don't have fucking ethics. I'm just going to go in and try this thing, see what happens. Yeah, because right. that's the thing is that, like, uh, I just don't know how you would test this stuff. 
like truly, right. truly test it. Exactly. I do think it's interesting that these experiments are being done. And so far, they haven't been able to correlate the feeling of being haunted in the presence of or lack of EMF and infrasound. Right. Which is fascinating to me because, you know, so many people throughout the years have made the point to me that electromagnetic fields can produce XYZ and, and, you know... The, the symptoms of a haunting. And obviously that that guy who had the infrasound fan produced some sort of physical apparition. Yes. That was crazy. You yeah. know? So like obviously it does something, but it's not the it's not the answer in every single case. It's not yeah. the answer if you do have like high EMF levels. Like that is not the end all be all to your question. Yeah. That hasn't always been the constant. Yeah. It's like there's there's still sometimes situations where something else is going on and we don't know what it is. I think that they were successful in some ways and they weren't successful in others, but it definitely gives us some insight into the famous, like famous haunted locations and how much suggestibility has to do with the feelings of strangeness. Well, yeah, that's that's so hard to avoid when you're yeah. walking into a place it's like oh this is famously haunted you can't just be like going in blind you're going to go in with expectations and there's mm -hmm. going to be a little bit of trickery in your mind yeah so that's hard that's hard for um i, I almost said the biz the business but it is it's kind of hard for like the paranormal world, it's hard for, obviously, a lot of places will use, oh, this this hotel's haunted to sell more rooms right. in the hotel or, you know. Yes, you got to have a gimmick. Yeah, like the, the Vasilla, Vasilla Axe Murder House or the oh, yes. uh, Lizzie Borden House, you know, things like that where it's like they're, they're tourist attractions. And if they weren't haunted, right. no one's going to go. So, like, I get exactly. why you advertise that a place is haunted, but also, like, suggestibility is obviously mm -hmm. such a huge factor in right. feeling strangeness or witnessing the paranormal. Totally. Which is why, like, it? I know. And that's kind of why this, like, subject matter of, like, this, you know, this theme of the episode that we're doing is so fun is it's like, because there are so many obvious spots where it's like, oh, that insane asylum where a bunch of people died or this hospital, this hotel, this whatever. Like, we have done countless episodes about those things where it's like, of course, we we know that there are terrible stories here. There's a ton of suggestibility when you walk in. But then when it's like, oh, this radio shack is <laughs> yeah. haunted. And you're like, why? Why would that why? ever be haunted? That's why these places are more fun to me, to be honest. Because it's like when somebody says, I think this radio shack is haunted. You're like, what the fuck? Like, there is no <laughs> reason for that place to be haunted. And even... I mean, even the bookstore that I brought up, yes, it's it's an older bookstore sure. and it's been around for a while, but it doesn't have like murders that occurred there. And, you know, it's not on a on a native burial ground, anything like that. So it was sort of like, but why? And then I love our theory of maybe the books brought in. But yeah, it gets you a little more excited because you're like this. 
I don't I didn't have suggestibility walking into it. I didn't have any reason to think this place would be haunted, yet I experienced something and that's kind of fun. Well, and also the fact that none of the, you know, these people would go in and they would say, I experienced something here and they'd point it out and it would be in an area where like they weren't blasting EMF or infrasound. Right. You know what that's I mean? That's the other thing. So then it kind of comes to the question, okay, that we can't answer until we have an answer on what ghosts are. Like, you really can't. Right. Because what if the energy, we, we do kind of think that ghosts are made up of energy, right? Whether that's like mm-hmm. the leftover energy after we die or um, the energy does something in the area that allows us to see into another world, like Energy yep. seems to have something to do with it. Yeah. So what if it's just, if if it's not that, oh, infrasound creates these hallucinations, but what if it's that infrasound makes the dimension fuzzy? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like infrasound, yeah. because it's vibrating, makes it so that whatever is blocking us from seeing into another dimension gets a little fuzzy. Like there's so many questions right. that could be answered. Something like kind of comes into view if we can just catch a ghost and and test it test it out i just keep hoping like because technology is advancing is advancing in so many other ways i'm just really hoping we're going to get to the point where somebody can catch a ghost in our (laughs) lifetime i need it to happen i need a little more proof well and even if it's something where you know because we've already we've proved that there are other dimensions right what that means we don't know uh, we know yeah. that they're there, but we don't know what that means. Like, do creatures live there? Or do, you know, our, ourselves, mm-hmm. other versions of keep, ourselves yeah, live there? Yeah, they parallel us. Yeah. We don't know. Is it another time or, like, planet altogether? We don't know. But we know they exist. And I think Which that... Which is exciting. I think the breakthrough is going to come. I actually wrote about this in a book called <laughs> The Feminine Macabre, Volume Who? 2. <laughs> Never heard of it. We should do another giveaway. We're going to do another giveaway soon because I actually still have copies. I will sign it and I will give it to a patron. So join our Patreon you know for rude? the chance to... What? No. The giveaway is not rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. I called you out in the middle. You know what's adorable. rude? <laughs> Well, but no, again, I'm making it about me. Welcome to Selfish Lauren. The episode Ashley did not sign. Oh my god! My copy. I just I handed. I just threw it at your feet. Best friends, business partner, soul sister, and she just threw a book just threw at, it at my you face. And I was like, "Take it, with nothing. Sell Take it, if you, you want. idiot." Yes. <laughs> What a joke. Just okay. sell it. I have no signature. And then she left. Yeah, she threw it at me. And then town. she's like, I'm going to go ahead and leave town forever. Have a nice you life. You don't know when you're going to see me Nerd. next. Nerd. Uh, well, your birthday's coming up. Uh, so maybe I'll I'll get, I'll get you yeah, a bookmark no, or something. My birthday's coming up in three months. In yeah. Please send me a bookmark. <laughs> oh, your birthday really is coming up. My birthday okay, is in anyway. less than a week. You know what yeah, sucks? I was going to say. Your birthday, Andrew's birthday, and my sister's birthday are in like the same fucking week and it ruins my life every year. Okay. I know. We had to talk about this. You love Geminis. It's fine. Okay. And I love Aries because you and Wilder are my Aries. <laughs> my Aries soulmates. <laughs> One more thing before we go. Yes. The pack pack. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm I said, so excited. I told Lauren I was covering the pack pack. Then I ended up not covering the pack pack. 
but I am going to slip it in because we have plenty of time to do so. So, yes, the Pag Pag. I found this while obviously doing research for this episode because there's a surprising number of haunted convenience stores in the Philippines. Which you're like, <laughs> Which what? you're like, who? Why? What's Why? happening? Why would the convenience... And I'm talking like corner stores, like 7-Elevens right. type stores. No reason for them to be haunted. And it's because of the Pag Pag. Literally, Pag Pag translates to um, to shake off in... Is it Tagalog? Is that the I language? So, yeah. I always yeah, I always get Tagalog Filipino. and Tagalongs, the cookie. I know. Is a Girl Scout cookie. So it's um it's actually one of the most common Filipino superstitions surrounding funerals. And it's believed that the dead can follow us home uh from the cemetery, basically. So anyone who pays their respects at a wake or a funeral is advised to stop somewhere to leave the spirit behind. So essentially, a lot of these families go to these funerals and literally will swing by convenience stores to supposedly drop off the to spirits. Shake off. And the thing is, is like, are they haunted? There's who knows? Like, there's no like I couldn't read find any reports of hauntings or anything. But it's just a common belief that convenience stores are really haunted because how could they not be? So many people drop off ghosts on the way home. They're doing the shake-off on the way home. That is interesting. Which is hilarious. And actually, I read this in an article from, let's see, Dana Delgado, um, who was writing for a publication called Circle Around, and it was five Filipino traditions and beliefs surrounding wakes and funerals. And there's some really, like, beautiful ones. They also cover mirrors with cloth, like the Jewish community does. Oh, yeah. Keeping candles lit until they blow out. Like, don't sweep the floors. Don't look back towards the casket during the funeral procession. So there's a lot of lore um, and tradition around Filipino funerals and wakes but yeah the taking a pit stop somewhere she says i no longer remember where we performed pack pack before heading back home but this is a practice i continue to follow today i've gone to a few more wakes and funerals since my lola passed away and i would always make it a point to stop at a restaurant or convenience store afterward just to be sure that i came home alone if i arrived home feeling uneasy i'd splash a bit of salt water on myself but that's a story for another time excuse me i need to know yeah, tell me the details of the salt water, please. It's so fascinating. Yeah, and I honestly, I don't hate that tradition. It's kind of like making a stop anyway, even if you don't believe you're necessarily, you know, shaking off the dead before you head home, just making a stop before you settle in back home, like maybe that would help you actually relax once you get home to make like one more pit stop to distract yourself a bit That's and true. like get get some food in your belly, like, you know, kind of just have this extra like beat before you go home yeah. into because your home is like your sanctuary that's where you rest that's where you sleep that's where yeah. you hopefully relax and you know feel comfortable so i i don't hate that idea in general it's, it's kind of yeah it's not a, nice a bad tradition. idea to kind of shake off bad vibes even before you go home like this is mm -hmm. a good vibe only home before i walk yep. in this door i'm gonna you know i mean we people do it all the time without putting any like woo-woo shit behind it i mean think about the times right. that you've like driven home and you don't get out of your car right away and you're you like i'm gonna there. sit here for a minute 
Yeah. You have to sit with your thoughts. I, I do that a lot. Even sometimes Wilder will be in the back seat and I'm sitting there like <laughs> meditating and like contemplating my entire life and every decision. He's like, mom, <laughs> unbuckle me. <laughs> like, and you're like, I'm watching TikToks <laughs> and calming down. I know. Yeah, because you want to kind of like let it go before you go inside. And whether that's before you come in contact with your partner because you don't want to start. That's sort of like my thing. I've never thought about it in a way of like, I don't want to bring this into my home. It's usually I don't want to bring this to Joe. He doesn't deserve my bad day. I was going to say that is also true of like, if I come in how I am now, I'm going to start an argument with Alex. So let me shake this off first. Yeah. So that's, it's really not a bad tradition. It's again, we're thinking of it in a totally different way. I'm not necessarily shaking off a spirit, but yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea. Me neither. I like it. Me too. And that's all the time we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for joining us Once again, same time next week, I'm actually going to be talking about liminal spaces. Very excited. What are you talking about next week? I'm talking about actual haunted random ass spots that shouldn't be haunted. There's no radio shacks, but it's going to be great. Right. (laughs) Same feel, though. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Please consider joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. You can donate $1, $5, or $10 to our show, and in exchange, you'll get bonus episodes, a monthly newsletter, and discounts on merch. And also, you'll be entered to win in a drawing to get a signed copy of the book that I'm published in, The Feminine Macabre, Volume 2. Volume 3, I believe, mm-hmm. is coming out um, this spring sometime, so... Very Take a look out for that. I am not in that one. I did not submit a story fast enough because my life is insane right now. Sure. Speaking of merchandise, though, head over to our merch store by hitting up www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch. We have so many cool designs and Public always has great sales going on as well. So you can get a shirt for a pretty phenomenal price. And if you're a patron, you'll get a discount on top of that. And finally, follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast across all platforms so you can stay up to date on future episodes. You can chat with us about the episodes. You can share your spooky stories with us. And you can just make us look good by upping that follower count, baby. That's right. And also, like, it's a it's a new season, so keep in mind, like, there is going to be a listener ghost stories episode popping uh-huh. up at some point. Yes. So, like, <laughs> submit those stories. Um, send us your spooky tales. We had some in our inbox recently. Did you get to them? I saw. Yep. I hid them away, I believe. There is one I haven't read yet, but I'm very excited. Good. Okay. So our sign-off today should be a manifestation. (laughs) What are we manifesting? You want a job, right? I know. Let's get you a job this time. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's try for it. Yeah. I'm really hoping to get a job. I have a couple of, I mean, similar to you, it's not like we're manifesting something that we aren't even trying for. Like you had been applying for jobs. You were in the interview process. I am in the same boat. I I have my little side business, which we rarely talk about on here, but I teach mommy me music classes. And so I'm starting to do that a little bit again as COVID restrictions let up, but I also am applying to teach like in actual schools because I mean, girls just got to make some money, you know? So 
I'm hoping some of these schools get back to me in the next couple of weeks. If that could be manifested, that would be great. All right, so I want to keep teaching. Everyone at home, put your hearts and energy and and vision towards Lauren getting a call from one of these schools. Yes. How do you manifest? We need to teaching. we need to actually do you know what we should do? We should do an episode on manifestation so we could learn how. But honestly, last time we just said it. We just said it. We and just it said happened. it and it worked. I know. So, but I do agree. And I feel like manifesting, getting our crystals out, we gotta yes. talk more about that. So by the time this episode airs, Lauren's gonna have a job. I can feel it. That's I can right. feel it in my bones. I feel it, feel it, it's gonna happen. And in the meantime, always keep, keep it. it. Weird. Da. Get out of those wires. You know, it's funny that you're shouting, get out of those wires. And I was just about to say, I'm looking on the monitor and my toddler is starting to kick his legs. And I'm like, don't you dare. You don't stay you dare asleep. <laughs> you stay asleep. <laughs>